So I want to welcome everybody to the SFC Europe podcast. I'm excited to be here. I bring you another podcast today with Charles Gravely. Did I say it right? Gravely, Gravely. What do you say? Gravely is perfect. Gravely. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Charles is in uh, Belgium, and I want really excited to hear uh, from you. Thanks for joining us today, Charles. My pleasure. This is fun. I'm excited to be here. Great. So um, we love to start by finding out a little bit about um, the people who are on the podcast. Can you tell us maybe um, a little bit of your background, maybe how you came to faith, what you grew, what your situation was growing up, and then how you become involved in uh, university ministry? Those things would be so interesting to hear. Okay. Yeah. Um, I grew up in, uh, in Alabama in the States and in a Christian family, my parents were born again, spirit filled Christians who love Jesus and still do to this day. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And yeah, so really thankful for that, you know, mm-hmm. guidance and that direction that they provided for me. And so, um, I was born again as a really, you know, um, uh, encountered Jesus when I was nine years old and and was born again and changed and uh, continued to follow Christ for the rest of my, you know, through high school and all that. But I never really uh, actually never read the new Testament (laughs) and have like a lot of uh, biblical, you know, examples or, you know, we'd go to church on Sundays, but there wasn't much depth beyond that, you know, Uh other than my parents' example, who are Christians. Um, and so coming into university, um, I was kind of at that level of, you know, kind of a Christian who was pretty, pretty shallow in his faith. And uh, by the grace of God, I, you know, got invited to a student university meeting at the University of Alabama. Actually, as, a, as, a, as my last year of secondary school, I got invited to this university meeting and um, I I, you know, still remember going to this meeting as it's students for Christ. It's the same thing in the States. It's called Chi Alpha in the U S and I go in and uh, just like was blown away at this, this meeting of these students, their, their energy, their vibrancy for Christ. They loved Christ. They loved me, you know, just like this, mm-hmm. you know, little 18 year old shy high school kid and these, you know, what I thought were really big, cool college students uh-huh. welcomed me in and, and made me a part of the group. And so I just thought, well, you know, I got to get with these guys. I got to be a part of what they're doing. Uh-huh. And um, so during that time, um, just the Lord used that group to uh, really change me from what I said of kind of just a, a shallow kind of Christian go to church on Sunday kind of, person to to where I really begin to see the the call of Christ to make disciples and, and to walk in relationship with Jesus. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit um, during that time at, at a, at a um, conference, a, a Christmas conference. And, uh, and then also just really got to be a part of like small groups and small group discipleship and those things. And so it really redirected my life to where I went from, you know, wanting to be a uh, just, you know, a high school teacher to thinking, well, uh, you know, Lord, could this be my calling? I would like to do this, you know, <laughs> to share your word. And yeah. so did an internship and became a campus pastor. Okay. And with Chi Alpha in the States, I, 
I uh, became a campus pastor for five years in Louisiana. Okay. And, uh, and after, and, you know, had a good time, got to just really see what it's like to be in ministry. And then at the end of those five years, the Lord began speaking to me about um, uh, laying down my life and going overseas in world missions. And I uh, just had a couple of clear moments where the Lord spoke to me, you need to lay down your comfort and your, you know, I was pretty steady and comfortable, had my office with the name on the door, you know, in Louisiana. And the Lord yeah. said, you, know, you need to get out of the nest and go overseas. Well, the only country I knew was Belgium <laughs> overseas. Okay. So, so I called up the illustrious Blair Bono, um, who was then leading things in Belgium. And I said, Hey, uh, I think God's saying something. And he said, come on over. And so been in Belgium since 2006, uh, when I worked in Liège, Belgium, and then um, my wife, Amanda, she wasn't my wife then. We had worked together in Louisiana. We got back in touch. That's another long story, but um, uh, the Lord put us back in touch. And uh, she also has a calling and a heart for Europe, uh, has always had since her teenage years. And uh, so we got married in uh, 2009 and and they asked us to come and, and work in Brussels, and we've been in Brussels since 2011. Here okay, leading students for Christ Brussels. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So that's. I hope that wasn't too long. That's no, that's good. <laughs> kind of my story. Yeah. So, um, to you're in Brussels, leading students for Christ Brussels. Um, yeah. Tell us what is that like currently? What's <laughs> that? Uh, at this moment. Yeah. In moment. This yeah. moment. <laughs> It's fun, man. It's exciting. This is, um, you know, uh, I'll tell you what it's like right now at this moment as I'm sitting here last night. So uh, we, we have um, two branches of, of our ministry that are going. One is in the city center and one is more in the south of the city. And then we have some colleagues, uh, uh, Adrian and... Um, that you guys know, part of SFC Europe family, who are launching another branch out in the third, third branch out in the third part of the city. So Tuesday, um, yesterday, two days ago, one of our branches, uh, they get the word from the university that everything's canceled and they can no longer have their large group meeting because our yeah. previous large group meeting was great, 40 students, the word of God, great time. And so then Tuesday, they get uh, word that uh, you can't have your meeting tomorrow it's all okay. canceled wow <laughs> and so we're scrambling around writing emails to different pastors and churches and we finally you know are able last night to pull off uh you know our meeting last night and 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 you know what we had a great time you know awesome. the presence of jesus was there and it was good and uh good. we were all pulling our hair out but it it worked and then we're gonna do it again tonight <laughs> so okay. our, with our other branch so it's uh it's fun. You know, okay. we're running around, you know, cool. Awesome. Um, so we had talked that we would like to talk about the, the topic of transition and transitions. Yeah. And um, I think that is an incredible thing because we all go through transitions in life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, sometimes we feel like we go through them well <laughs> And sometimes they're the worst things that we've ever had to deal with. So um, what would you say um, has been like uh, a thing that has made this a topic that you like to talk about? What's, what is it that 
it's just you know i think it's um it, it on so many levels you know alan i, th- I think uh um Personally, as a person, I hate transitions. I okay. hate moving. I hate, <laughs> I hate you know, yeah. We, my, we both laugh because we're like, yeah, moving. We do that a lot. Moving. Yeah. <laughs> my wife and I, you know, our, our apartment is too small. We have three boys now, but we don't want to move. We just right. don't want to put the stuff in the boxes and do the thing, yes. you know? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I'm not definitely not an expert on transitions and things, but it's just as I look over my life and then and then the ministry here in Brussels, I just see this thing of 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 God speaking to me personally about mm-hmm. being a person in movement and in transition, but then also wow. the necessity of that, um, you know, for our group that being comfortable with change and transition. Yeah, not just once every four years, but continually. Yeah, as being a lesson that that I think the Lord has has spoken to us mm-hmm. uh, and, and to me. Um, so that's kind of when you you threw out. You know, what do you want? What would you like to talk about? I thought, well, why not talk about that? You know, that sounds good. Um, yeah. Have you had experiences of really bad transition that you say, "Oh, this is why we need to we need to figure this out to do a better way." Or is it just a uh, recognition that, hey, uh, we could do really good, we could do better at this and, and do it uh, more thoughtfully or more proactively? What, what's yeah. your experience? Yeah. My, my first experience in, in uh, SFC, I arrived in Liège, Belgium, and there was a great Students for Christ group. And uh, they had 50, 60 students coming. And the leaders had done a great job of building this group. And um, I arrived as an MA. I don't speak French yet very well. I've been there six okay. months. And uh, and the leadership team pulled me aside and said, uh, um, you're the man now. We're all leaving. <laughs> You're all leaving. It's all I need. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I was wow. like, what are you talking about? I don't even speak French, <laughs> you know, but they were, you know, they were, uh, they had done a great job, but now they were, you know, being called to different things. And, and, and so they left. <laughs> and so, wow. So our group in six months went from 50, 60 students to 10, 12 students. Wow. It, it, and and I thought, wow, uh, you know, I I killed this group, you know, <laughs> the great missionary that I am. I I, I shrunk the group from fifty to twelve in, yeah. in six months, and um, and so it just kind of was a stark confrontation of, oh man, I've got to invest in new leaders and start training people, mm-hmm. and and so we started. We started doing that and training people. And, and, you know, this was all the way back in 2007, 2008. We trained some leaders and, and with the Lord's help and lots of prayer, um, we had new leadership rise up and the group began to grow again. And, and then when I left three, two years later, it was back up to about 35 students and, and was healthy mm-hmm. and, and I felt okay to leave. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was, that was my, my first initial thing with that. And, uh, and, and then I, I've just, um, we've seen it several times where we'll get comfortable and we'll think, okay, we've got a good group of leaders here, uh, with our ministry group and, um, we're good, you know, it's going to go great. And then, uh, a semester will change or a year will change in the next year. Uh, 
you know, all those people will leave or they'll graduate yeah. or whatever yeah. and we'll be starting over. And so um, there's this great phrase somebody in Chi Alpha said years ago, you can either um, rebuild or re you can either rebuild or reload. <laughs> and so it's much less painful to reload yeah. <laughs> than rebuild. And, and so having had to go through, I think our third year here in Brussels, we hit that where we had a group that was good for, for a couple of years. And then we dropped back down to where we were rebuilding, having to start over because we didn't plan well enough uh -huh. uh, to, to uh, transition and, and train new leaders and, and invest in new leadership mm -hmm. and invest in the new students enough. And, uh, and we wound up having to rebuild the group and that's okay. painful much yeah. more painful than, than, um, than uh, re reloading and inviting mm -hmm. new people into leadership. Yeah. 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 So when we think about transitions um, in university ministry, a lot of it is, Oh, people come and people go. Um, yeah. And maybe I only have a semester or two years, three years, you know, in, in Austria, a bachelor's degree can be six semesters and, someone's gone and how do you make that work? Um, yeah. What do I need to do if I'm a student leader to start or a, or a leader of a SFC group to start to think about making those transitions work? Yeah, I, I think you need to um, uh, think about a couple of things as, as leadership is how does um, how does somebody become a leader in your group? Mm -hmm. How clear is it for someone, you know, provided that, you know, we want to mentor and grow uh, and see people grow and, and become disciples. But then we also want to see them become leaders, not right. just, you know, we want to see them grow in the scripture and prayer and, and fellowship, but we also want to see leadership development happen. How does somebody become a leader in your group? That needs to be mm -hmm. clearly defined. And I can't just say it's organic. <laughs> no, <laughs> it'll just happen. No, oh, you know, occasionally, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, every now and then we'll have somebody say, "Hey, I want to be a leader. Let me be." Yeah. A leader. Um, but much more often, we're finding you know we have to really invite and encourage and, and say, "You can do it," you know, and get behind people. And and we can't do that if we don't have a clear plan. And right. so and so uh, we start really thinking. Okay, you know, let's say Fred comes in comes into our uh, group, you know, so what do we want to see happen in his life? You know, well, we, you know, from his third or fourth meeting, he's invited to serve. He's inv invited to have a role in the group. Yeah. And then after six months, he's invited to a leadership class. He can go ahead, you know, provided he's in the faith, you know, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't have to be in the group for three years before he gets invited to. Right. A, a class that teaches him the principles that we're all about and, right. and what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that was a thing we used to think generations, we used to think two or three years or six semesters. And, mm -hmm. and then we start saying, well, we need to think once a year, we need to do a leadership training once a mm -hmm. year. And now we're thinking we need to do it every semester. We need yeah. to continually be inviting and opening the door. So, so the leadership um, track or, or training or, or how someone becomes a leader needs to be really clear and it needs to be really publicized and put out yeah. there. You can yeah. do it. You can be a part of it. It's not a mysterious Illuminati thing where you <laughs> have to go through secret rituals to become a leader. Everybody knows how it happens and everyone can do it, you know? And um, yeah, yeah, it's probably why you have people coming up and saying, I want to be a leader is because 
they know that it exists or that there's a way to be a leader. Yeah. 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 And, and they and it's attractive. They see these other students um, who are engaged in doing these, uh, you know, preaching and leading worship and doing all this stuff. And they say, Hey, I want to do that, you know? And okay. it's, uh, it's attractive to certain people. Do you guys use the word leader in Belgium? Cause it's a word I can't use in Austria. So I'm just wondering. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, we do. Um, do you have pushback from uh, people who say, I don't want to be a leader of something that's too much might just be my cultural situation in Austria. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard that, that in the, in the kind of Führer or something. Like yeah. That. You can't yeah, no, with don't the say historical. That yeah. We, we yeah. changed the word, um, in Austria to, to lighter, which means a ladder. Um, so, a ladder. We, okay. Yes, going upwards. We, yeah, well, it's, it just took the English word for leader and we took the closest thing we could make it in German. And so yeah. in the culture, that's what we say. Um, everybody says yeah. that because you can't say you want to be a defura from something that would be bad. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. I get it, yeah. I'm just wondering. Uh, you know, that's not, uh, well, I think that, you that's know, something and, you and, deal with at all, not necessarily in that sense, but in the sense of, um, I don't want to be a leader and take that responsibility or if it's more something that some people are like, Oh yeah, I've, I want that kind of situation. I think so. Um, I, 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 we haven't had quite the same pushback that you're talking about. It's okay. more, yeah. Leader. Uh, Cause it's an English word and we're doing everything in French. So it's kind of maybe, I don't know. It might even sound cool to some people to be. Okay. Well, yeah. enough about my enculturation issue. <laughs> Let's go back. Uh, maybe to I should ask people. Maybe I should ask people that question. You let me know. It's probably just an Austria thing. Um, yeah. But how, so you you see that as you make it known how someone would become a leader and how do you help people know that transition is happening? Because sometimes people think, man, this would be great to just kind of stay the same group. Uh-huh. Even, oh, wait, I, I'm even like, we're all kind of graduating, but let's just kind of keep the same group. And we'll just be our own little group and we won't be doing university ministry anymore. We'll just be like a young adult group. We won't transition to anything else. How do you work through that? Or have you had that experience? <laughs> just me again. Um, <laughs> um, you mean like at the end, like people yeah, transitioning there's, there's out? There's a group of people and they're transitioning out, leaving maybe university or leadership or or a small group and they decide, Hey, I want, we're, we're all kind of in this place of leaving um, rather than invest back in what's been there or help them transition. Let's just kind of keep things the way they are. And, and we'll just kind of do our own little quiet transition to a non-university group or something like that. Again, could just be me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I see what you're saying. I, you know, I think, we, we always have to be, you know, um, keeping the main thing, the main thing right. that we are here to reach university students. And uh, I, I think that's a challenge that we're always having of saying, Hey, well, just on a weekly basis, yeah. Hey, don't just sit in the corner talking to your three friends. Look mm-hmm. at all those new kids who are walking in here who don't know anybody go talk to them. Right. You know, on, that's on a daily basis. And then on a strategy kind of thing of reminding people, we had a leadership meeting the other day where I had to remind everyone that um, 
it's uncomfortable for a non-Christian to do 45 minutes to an hour of worship, singing. Yeah. We're not going to invite non-Christian friends and force them to sing for 45 minutes, you know? So, so keep That's a really long thing. karaoke session. That's all I got to say. Right. Those yeah. non-Christians like, <laughs> what, what are they doing? Any of those songs. Why are we singing? <laughs> right. Right. And so constantly keeping, Hey, this is a university ministry. And as we keep it a university ministry, we are here just here for students as someone is no longer a student, this might sound harsh, but hopefully they'll feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, 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 and say, you know, I need to go get in a church yeah. and, because I'm not a student anymore. I need to get on with my life. And uh, another thing we, we've really tried to do is to format our um, <coughs> meetings to where a student can be a part of SFC and also be a part of their local church. You know, so, so we try not to, to, to keep our students in SFC meetings three nights a week. So then they can go lead worship at their local church. They can go uh, be involved in their local church. So, and I think that has helped with that transition. They're already a part of their local church. And so then when they finish their student years, uh, they can go and be a part of that. We've had uh, a few people who, um, who finished their studies and have said, I want to, I want to give back to SFC for a year. Right. And so we, we kind of made up this little program called after hours uh, right. where somebody who, you know, just graduated could go work in a bank or work, you know, whatever they get their career, but it's understood that now they're like kind of like staff and they give back seven hours a week. Um, okay. And, and then we invest in them in, uh, in, um, you know, doing mentoring and, uh, theological training they get to take a you know a little deeper theology classes and stuff like that because it was just responding to we had people coming to us and saying hey i i just finished my studies but i want to still be involved but it's with the understanding hey you're not here to sit around and 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 just be comfortable you're here to work you know as as a staff person and as a leader and uh and and we've had um good results with that we've had maybe three or four people come through that uh, in okay. the last three years. That's okay. been fun. So um, any other things you, I, I know that kind of got off of, onto my own personal issues, um, <laughs> issues in Austria, but any other things that you'd say like, Hey, when, when you, when university leadership transitions happen, this is what things that we need to look out for, or we need to prepare for so that maybe somebody could think of, Hey, um, more general things because you, everybody's situation is different. What are some things you're like, ah, I need to think about these sorts of things when you are considering transition in this university ministry. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I, I think we, you know, as, as, as we are pastoring our groups, we have to be continually pushing against that, that comfort thing of mm-hmm. I want to settle in to my comfort level. And, and I'm, I do it too. You know, I get to know students and, and I'm with them for two or three years and I'd rather talk to them than go push myself out to go talk to a new person. And so, yeah. so I'm, I'm not throwing, I'm not criticizing other people. I'm talking about myself here. And that is just such a, a, a human nature, you know, sin nature challenge yeah. and to be constantly pushing against that tendency towards comfort and, and all that. Um, and then, you know, and here's some Bible, you know, I, I think of this example of uh, it's in uh, the end of, where is it? It's uh, 
First Kings one, uh, David is old and he can't even keep himself warm anymore. Mm-hmm. And he still thinks he's the king of Israel. You know, he's still yeah. trying to be the king and he doesn't want to hand over power. <coughs> right. And, um, and, and that is just human. That's just what we do. That's who we are. And so, so as we think about transitions, I think we need to just be proactive against that to say, I'm going to give, I'm going to give responsibility. I'm going to give power. Anita Koshel talks about it all the time to new people, you know, to new roles and, and to be, and, and that's why I say transition needs to be something we do every week and not right. once every three years. Mm-hmm. I need to be giving away um, roles and power and authority and, and comfort continually. Yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. Constantly. Um, so, you know, this week we had a leader say, you know, she's in charge of cleaning up at the end of our meeting. And she was saying, well, how, you know, I can't do this all by myself. And so I'm going to write her after I get done right talking to you, write her and say, Hey, here's the names of six new kids who all, you should ask all of them to clean up and set mm-hmm. up the chairs, you know, yeah. and that's a simple thing. But now those kids are no longer just um, spectators at the meeting. They have ownership in the meeting, you know? Right. And so we want to extend that ownership as broadly as possible. And that means, that means putting up with stuff that you don't like you know, okay. and that you don't understand, <laughs> you know, uh, putting up with understanding, you know, somebody's going to sing a song you don't like, or somebody's going to uh, interpret the Bible in a way that might make you uncomfortable. Now I'm not talking about being comfortable with heresy or things that are totally wrong, but, but you're gonna, you're gonna have to be comfortable with other people um, saying things and doing things that maybe I, as the leader, <laughs> don't mm-hmm. like, you know, um, so that's one thing, uh, boy, I'm, I feel like I'm rambling here. I'll, no, it's okay. Your You're okay. I think you got me there. Um, how can we, uh, maybe deal with personal transitions in our lives? Everybody goes through change. Do you, yeah. um, how do I deal better with transitions. I don't think anybody has like solved it. Like, Oh yeah, I just transitioned so well. Um, what are some things to have in mind when you see yourself facing transition coming up in life? Oh man. Do you have like, I don't feel like basic... I have a handle on that. Don't have a handle on... <laughs> well, we'll just skip that question. Man. I don't know. Uh, sheesh. What is the Lord? You know, uh, I, I think on a personal level, uh, I, I think just when I look back at big transitions in my life, um, the Lord has used them to increase my faith, mm-hmm. my dependence on him. Um, he's uh, oftentimes given me spiritual gifts when I think about transitions, I, I can think of some of the times when I've received the most powerful spiritual gifts, prophecies and, mm-hmm. and encounters with the Holy spirit have occurred in times of transition when I was okay. questioning and thinking, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's a, that's a good thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so, cause you know, when you're comfortable, you think, Oh, I got this, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. but sure. in transition, you're like, Lord, speak to me, show me, help yeah, me, you okay. know? make it uh make us uh recognize that we don't have it all 
together and figure it out when we realize, oh, I've got all these changes and things coming. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that sometimes transition, we need to recognize that maybe it takes time to transition through big changes in life. Have you found mm-hmm. that as well, that you can't expect things to just instantly be uh, good or, or perfect, that there's a, uh, a learning curve maybe with transitions as you go through them? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, to be patient. To be patient. Yeah, yeah I, I think another thing I've noticed is during times when I'm tran- uh, transitions, um, uh, people who've helped me or spoken to me during those times are really become friends, you know, really close. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated certain Christians and even our friendships have grown deeper mm-hmm. because of yeah, that. Because, because they're going to, able to go through that time with you. Yeah. Yeah. And understand that that's what you're going through. It's really yeah. good. I think that's a big one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I, and you know, it's just such an opportunity to see if we could see it this way for the Lord to surprise us with something so much better than, than what we thought, you know, uh-huh. Yeah. in transition times. You know. Um, maybe I, this would be, how do I convince the people who are going through a transition that maybe they didn't look for? like maybe a student group that's having to change leaders that they weren't expecting to happen, or they're changing their format because of, I don't know, a weird pandemic across the world. Um, And they're transitioning through different things. How can I help people going through transition? Like what that good friends who um, was there with me to go through it or to talk me through it. How, what can I do to help them through these changes that might be going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think, I mean, the biggest thing I can think of is, is, is to see it as opportunity. Okay. You know, I think we focus so much on oh, what we're losing, you know, oh, we're, I'm, I'm going to lose this place of comfort. Mm-hmm. Look at what you're going to gain, you know, look at the, the opportunity that's presented here to mm-hmm. do something different. Like right now with the, we have the opportunity to do um, to do SFC in a way that we've never done it before, you know, to do something really creative. We have the freedom now <laughs> to mm-hmm. to make something totally new. Right, that's an opportunity, and, an that, opportunity. and we can get excited about that. Um, and and also, I think <laughs> to remind us our, our, us that the the core, if we have a strong core of what we're really trying to do, which is you know. Uh, share the gospel and make disciples. If we can remind people, Hey, the core of who we are. And if we have a strong core of who we are and what we're doing, that's not changing. Right. You no. Know? So we say, Hey, we're not, we're not, you know, totally throwing the, the whole thing out. Right. We're just formatting the core values of what we have. If we have strong core values, they should be able to, to withstand, um, mm-hmm a a a pandemic they should be able to withstand it and if they aren't then they weren't worth doing anyways you know and we need to move on (laughs) you know and and look at what those those positive things are so you keep saying all those positive things and it brings to mind a story i um i'll try not to pick too much on the people that are in the story and i'll i'll leave it blank but we were working with a, a wonderful local church who had no room for people in the service because there were so many people right and they 
decided that the best way forward was to have two services instead of one. Makes sense. It's not a very Austrian thing, but they decided they were going to do it anyway. Yeah. But because there was so much fear of the change, as opposed to excitement about the opportunity, it took them almost three years to make that change. Three years of packed auditoriums, nobody being able to be there and, and not have being able to invite friends, not being able to have a, a service where you even have baptisms and stuff because there's too many people. Yeah. Because instead of looking at the opportunity that the transition would uh, bring, there was too much, you know, that would mean too much of work and too much this and that the, the, the negative side of change can right. hold us back so, so much from maybe a wonderful good thing. And then they went ahead and, and chose to have a second service. And all of a sudden, wow, look at all the opportunities to serve there were in the church. And look at all yeah. the opportunities there were for different people to be lead worship in church. And there are all these people that we didn't know could be on the worship team. That was right. the worship team was like the things, oh, we don't want to have to lead worship so many times in the day. We'll be too tired. And all yeah. of a sudden, wow, you know what? There's like a whole bunch of people who play instruments and stuff that we didn't know they even existed because right. there wasn't an opportunity that the transition brought. So that's my good example um, of, okay, in the end it worked out okay. But uh, sometimes we have situations where like, I don't know how that's going to go forward and what the transition will be like. But I like the idea of looking at what the opportunity brings for God to move into that situation. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll tell you uh, right now, our, our, our opening uh, meeting uh, this year, we had the most people we've ever had. Wow. We had to, because of COVID regulations, we had to turn away 25 people at the door. Wow. Because we're the only game in town. (laughs) Because um, the universities have shut down all their, um, all their extracurricular activities. The, the clubs that usually would have these big (laughs) drunken parties can't do their big drunken parties anymore. So oh, now wow. there are hundreds of students who are sober now. <laughs> wow. wow. They can hear the gospel. What an opportunity. And, and we had a party. We were totally within the norms and rules. We didn't break any rules. We respected all the rules uh, to the point that we turned away 25 people at the door. Um, but wow. the only thing I can say is people, after spending the last seven months looking at a computer screen, were excited to go be in the same room with some other human beings. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, you know, great opportunity that we have here. That's awesome. Ton yeah. of work. <laughs> you know, it ton is a ton of, of work. Yeah. You know, we, we have to clean the buttons on the elevator after every usage, you know? Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's a lot of work. You it know, but, work. Uh, <laughs> you have like a, an elevator doorman who just sits there and cleans the elevator buttons. The whole time. Well, right now we're giving everyone, when they get on the elevator, we give them a towelette with the so, disinfectant in it. So you okay. get, you get your towelette, you get on the elevator, you press the button, then you wipe it. And, uh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And then they get off and throw it away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the new budget <laughs> item you didn't have before. Towelettes for the elevator. How much is that going to be this year? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, okay. it's either that or, fi- or, or climb five flights of stairs, you know, so okay. it's an easy choice. <laughs> yeah. Take, I, I think I've taken that elevator. Yeah. yeah. So, great. Yeah. Um, are there any other thoughts that you'd like to leave with somebody who's like, man, I just really don't like transitions though. I really want to be comfortable in the thing that I'm doing and, and they're dreading the change that might be coming up. 
Um, what would you suggest for them? Um, well, on the positive, we've talked about opportunities. The negative is, is, is stagnation and death. So, yeah. so that's the negative. If you sit where you are, you know, stagnation and death is, is, is the other option. You know, you either grow and move on. You know, you see in the example I mentioned from First Kings with David, he almost loses the whole kingdom. You know, his cousin, his best friend, the priest, bail on him and go join with his son in rebelling against him. Mm-hmm. And if, if if you are sitting still, people, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to stagnate. You know, and and on a personal level, I've had moments where. I could tell, boy, I'm getting really boring and stagnant in my, in my relationship with Christ and my calling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, so if we're not willing to grow and move, um, the negative is that, you know, we, we just kind of decline, you know, okay. so, <laughs> so yeah. we need, we, we, we need to do it. We need to so move. a change in their outlook. Is there anything else you like somebody saying, Oh, um, of this change coming, how do I prepare for it best? Anything like a practical help? Yeah. Um, well, again, I refer to the, you know, yeah. I've mentioned, I've mentioned David. Yeah. What should the, David have done? Well, what he did do in first Chronicles, you have the positive okay. uh, sheen on it. He commits resources uh, yeah. to Solomon, you know, to Solomon becoming king. Yeah. He, he sets up everything for Solomon to go ahead and um, build the temple. And we got all the wood and the gold and the silver. And so I can say, you know, if we, we can start committing our resources, our money and, and our time and our focus planning mm-hmm. ahead. And, and then David organizes the people and starts calling people for the transition to somebody else becoming king, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we can go ahead and start, inviting people into our transition uh you know wise counselors that god puts around us of going and and talking to people and and inviting him and i think in the times when i've done okay with transitions have been the times when i availed myself of the body of christ and i went and said to another pastor or another friend hey i'm thinking about this would you pray about it or what do you Mm -hmm. think you know what's Mm -hmm. your what's your advice to this Mm -hmm. and and uh inviting other people into the process and, be, and being with it. So, so then you're not so lonely. You know, I think one of the things we really hate about transitions yeah. is, is, is the loneliness of it. Oh yeah. man, I'm just mm-hmm. jumping out there. Right. And I don't think it's totally necessary that we'd be so lonely that we can invite people to, to, to be a part of it and give us their wisdom and their experience. Yeah. Sometimes I think we, we get so caught up with what we think our position is that when we think about what any kind of transition with it, it affects our own, um, like our value or our worth. Cause you know, I can't talk to anybody about it. Cause maybe they'll think of me differently if I'm in a different position or if anything changes or something like that. So we kind of um, are guarded with who we share this transition type with, or even don't even talk about it at all. Cause we're worried what people might think if this changes or anything like that. But yeah, um, yeah. I think that's really good advice to find counsel, to find somebody to talk with. So I, I'm going to summarize what I heard. You tell me if I got it right. Transition. Good. Do it. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> right. That's first. Second thing, plan for it, invest in it yeah. so that it goes forward properly. And the third thing was, um, 
find counsel to help you move ahead. People, yeah. people who can do it, people who can, who can pray with you about it and um, really embrace the fact that, that God had works in these situations and change. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Am I, good? Am wow. I close? Yeah. That's Anything better. Else? It's better than what I said. You said it better. <laughs> no, you wrapped it up. No, oh, it was concise. I just rambled all over the place. And you nah, made it pointed. No, it was good. <laughs> you know, the point was not to have a, a lecture, but to have a conversation yeah. about it. So I enjoy yeah. talking about those different things. Um, yeah. Charles, I am excited uh, for all things that are going on in Belgium. Man, that's super cool. Um, I'm excited to see what um, in creative things people will be doing across Europe in yeah, reaching university too. students and uh yeah. and the changes going on so thanks so much for joining us and um we look forward to uh seeing people face to face someday in the future yeah and, <laughs> and if, if anybody has questions or comments they would happily leave them on uh the website the sfc europe page and comment on the the podcast and we look forward to maybe we'll have a question and answer podcast coming up soon. All right. Thanks, okay. Charles. And uh, really appreciate you being with us. Thank you, Alan. It's been a pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed the SSC Europe podcast, a podcast where you can meet the people of SSC Europe, have a great time discussing different uh, subjects. And we look forward to hearing back from you. We invite you to visit us at www.sfceurope.org. Uh, go to the podcast page, leave a comment on this podcast or any of the other podcasts. Let us know what you'd like to hear, what uh, subjects you still feel are missing, and we look forward to hearing from you again soon. That has been the SFC Europe podcast, and we hope you have a wonderful day.